0: All right, everybody, welcome back to an all-new episode of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. You know, it's funny sometimes when I turn on, when I start the podcast, um, you know, when you listen to it as just the average, you know, listener of the show, normally you hear this little intro Hey, welcome back to an all new episode of Artsy, Artsy, Immigrants. And then the theme song or the title song sort of kicks in and then it fades into, uh, you know, the main talking portion of the show. And what a lot of you don't know, because this is um, something I don't tell people, sometimes I actually just sit there in silence for a second. As if the theme song, as if the theme song is playing live, like in the moment, um, and I don't know why I do it. There's no reason to do it. I could just say, "Hey guys, welcome back to an all new episode of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants." So this week I was looking at, but instead I go, "Artsy Fartsy Immigrants." Okay, here we go. You know, it's so stupid. I don't know why I have that in my head, but um, I, I'm so used to watching podcasts, I think, on YouTube, and there's a couple of people that I watch pretty regularly who do sit there through their title song, like, you know, having a sip of their coffee, kind of like checking their levels, like... And then you hear them like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fading back in some joke off my... Cindy said that. No, can't believe it. All right, guys, we got a hot bank today. We got John Michelson, local stand-up comedian traveling through Lower Detroit. Lower Detroit? We got Steve Michelson, local comedian, coming through hot today. He's got a uh, trail of concerts coming up here through the Midwest and heading on over, over to the big Hollywood side of things. Uh, got a big, uh, looking forward to that. Going to be a real funny guy. <laughs> Isn't that right? They always have some sidekick. Isn't that right, Stacey? Now it just sounds like local radio. Isn't that right, Stacey? Yeah, absolutely. I saw him. I saw his YouTube clips and I he's just he's hilarious, Tommy. He's hilarious. I love it. And uh yeah, anyway, so as you can tell, I'm kind of losing my mind here. But I wanted to talk about a few things because, you know, the last episode, um, usually if you see footage or clips of the podcast, it's uh because I did it live on TikTok. And um You know, I I, I don't know why I don't just film more normal episodes with my phone. Anyway, just to have the clips when I get into a, you know, a nice roll of things. But anyway, um, usually if you see clips, uh, it's live on TikTok. And what tends to happen is that I get so wrapped up in the, I don't know, I get so wrapped up in the questions that I don't really finish completed thoughts like I don't give myself the time and the energy to exhaust a complete thought and I think that's something I have to get used to is you know the thing is there's people there you see their names popping up you see constantly like you can constantly see how many people are joining or or leaving the group which is kind of not scary because it doesn't really matter if there's 10 people or a thousand but it's just like Um, you're constantly wondering if maybe you're losing their attention a little bit when they go. When really that's not the case at all. It's just people are usually scrolling through their phone. And if they see someone's live, they might check out to see what it is, to see if it's something like really crazy or exciting. And if it's just a normal chit chat like these podcasts usually are, then people just, you know, tend to scroll and that's totally fine. I do the same thing. I watch a lot of people uh, live on TikTok, but just for a few minutes if I enjoy their stuff. I mean, there's a few people who stay on the lives for, you know, sometimes the whole hour, which is crazy to me. Like who has the time? Sometimes I do these podcasts at like, I don't know. Sometimes I do them in the morning, but sometimes I do them at like three in the afternoon. And it's just like, who has the time? Who's who's at home watching a live TikTok? Anyway, um, the reason I brought that up is, uh, yeah, usually if you see the footage, it's because I'm live on TikTok and I don't give myself the chance to properly think through my thoughts. And if you remember from the last episode, when I started talking, I started to mention, and I said it also at the very, very end of the episode, <clears throat> how there's so many things coming up this and, uh, next month that, you know, need to be talked about, need to be figured out and discussed. So I'm gonna, uh, do that right now. (laughs) Tomorrow. So when you hear this, when you, if you listen to this the day that it comes out, I will be in Amsterdam for the very first time in my life. I'm a little bit, you know, right off the bat, of course, I'm excited. I mean, it's, you know, a two-day break from my standard life And it's going to a new place I've never been before. I've always been very interested in Amsterdam. Um, You know, I kind of always wanted to see the Anne Frank house, oddly enough. Um, I have a feeling most of you thought I was going to say, I've always wanted to go get high and go to the red light district, but... (laughs) Actually, the the Anne Frank house uh, kind of always interested me because I remember when I was in middle school, I saw this movie that was done, I think in the 60s, like this or 50s, maybe even this black and white movie that was a movie about Anne Frank. And I remember the way that it was done was so beautiful. And the little girl, and I mean, I don't know, in the movie, she was probably played some, you know, maybe like 14, 15 year old. And then I guess I was about the same age when I saw it, maybe even a little younger. And I thought she was so pretty and she was so like soft, you know, emotionally like just soft and sensitive. And she wrote in her journal and yes, it was under horrifying, you know, completely, you know, forever traumatizing circumstances that she was there doing that, but they kind of made it look so beautiful, not in, a, not in a way that I envied, but they made it look so, I don't know, they really made Anne Frank look so flattering and so um lovable, and I remember watching that movie and it always kind of stuck with me how I was like kind of really into not into Anne Frank, but I don't know. I was just like, that's so sweet. I'd love to like give her a hug. She's in such a bad place. And then I thought that story is so interesting. They they showed how the family survived, you know, and how they had to be so quiet and like tucked away in these little p- parts of the attic. And, uh, they stayed there for so long. It's unbelievable. Uh, and it's really cool that she has such a record of that experience. Um, and yeah, so, I basically always wanted to go and graffiti Anne Frank's house and basically, you know, uh, what do you call it? it um, what do you call it when you like not expose your unrequited love or I'm not, <laughs> I'm trying so hard to make a joke here, but it is still the AM as I'm recording this. And you know, I got a lot on my mind. So anyway, tomorrow, uh, yeah, tomorrow I'm flying. So by the time you hear this, I'll already be there. And yeah, like I said, I'm excited. uh, But I also am a little bit curious about what's expected of me, because for those who might not really understand why I'm going there, I'm going there under the pretense that I've kind of more or less been a little hired by a company. You know, it's not like I'm going there because I am choosing that I want to go and that I've picked the days and now I'm going to go, you know, have a good time uh, in Amsterdam just for moi. I'm going there because the flight in the hotel is paid for, Um, which means that the company, Tony's Chocolonely, uh, which is a Dutch chocolate company, coincidentally, maybe not so coincidentally, makes my favorite chocolate. Um, they have a, we talked, I talked about it with Mo a few weeks back, but they have a, like a pretzel toffee chocolate bar. Um, that is definitely my favorite. They also have a salted caramel that's just crazy good. But, um, that pretzel toffee, something about that crunch. I love chocolate with a little bit of crunch in it. Um, but anyway. I, you know, if you know this, if you know the show, then basically you know that you know I reached out to them months ago to see if they wanted to do a partnership when my audience started to grow. I want, I basically wanted free chocolate. I wanted to see if they'd pay me to 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 eat their free chocolate so I could eat their their chocolate because I like their stuff. And they, um, you know, they sent me they sent me some free chocolate. I made a video. It was fun. And then they wrote me not too long ago uh, and said, hey, you know, we're still not totally ready to do a, a like a straight-up paid partnership, um, like a contractual we pay you to make video thing, which I do have a bunch of those coming up, and I'll get into that. But, um, you know, instead they've offered that they'll pay for the hotel and they'll pay for the flight, which they did. They've already reimbursed me for the cost of the flight, which was great. And, you know, it's really cool that I'm getting to go there and do this but what I'm trying to get to is that I don't know what the what the expectations are you know I don't know if they say that you know they want me to I don't know what it means if they say they want me to go to certain events or you know I think for example like there it was a there's this sounds so rambly today. I'm really sorry about that, but there was there's two days taking place in the whole thing. It's like a big company fair. There's live music, there's some public speaking, there's some activities to do, some people to meet, blah blah blah. But there's like a, an entire two-day itinerary and the, the, one of the days I was only going to be able to make it for one of the days originally. I was like, I'll go up the morning of the 8th and come back the morning of the 9th. And they were like, we'd really prefer if you came for the 7th too. We have all these things planned. So I don't think it's going to be that I go to something in the evening for a couple of hours. I think it's going to be like, okay, well, our thing starts at, you know, 9 a.m. sharp. And you're going to, you know, like there's, I think there's, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's just like the implication a little bit, you know, maybe there's an expectation that I'm doing something with these company people all day, you know, all day long. I have no idea. We never really talked about it and they seem very cool, but there is like a list of things I'm sure they would like me to attend all of them. Um, But for free, you know, if I have a hotel room to myself uh, and they have already paid for the flights, you know, then, you know, sure, I'd love to see a lot of Amsterdam. I'd love to travel around, explore on my own a bit. Maybe if I meet some nice people, just go with them somewhere get some drinks um but at the end of the day probably what i'm going to end up doing is attending their scheduled events whatever those might be um i think there's you know some nice things in the evening and stuff but probably calling it early (laughs) most nights and just going and getting like 13 hours of sleep i can imagine I say that now, but back in September of last year when I went up to Hamburg to shoot uh, as an extra on the last episode of um, our TV show, Wrong, I had the same thing in mind. I was like, I'm going to go to Hamburg and I'm going to, you know, work on the set and then I'm going to go to bed at, um, you know, I'm going to go to bed at 10 o'clock, 9.30 and sleep until... I don't know. Whatever noon the next day, and instead I did the exact opposite that of that. I got less sleep in Hamburg than I ever do at home, and that's crazy because I had no responsibilities there. I had like a very very easy relaxed schedule with the with the TV shoot. Um, had a buddy there who also was very easy about going with the flow. If I wanted to do this, he was down too. He'd look up some things on his phone. We'd make decisions. Oh, let's call it early. Oh, let's stay out later. He was very easy. And basically, you know, the two nights that I slept over there, we just, we went to bed extremely late. And then, you know, the last day we left very early. So it was um, very exhausting. And I ended up, you know, meeting, I think after that I flew from from Hamburg to Croatia, and fell asleep in the taxi from the airport to the hotel there. It was such a crazy journey, that whole thing, uh, from from shooting on wrong to going to Croatia for a week and then back to Germany. But um, this is not that. This is just Amsterdam for two days, and uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, basically... What I'm going to try to do, because the only, the crappy thing is, I don't think I'm going to bring all my podcasting equipment to Amsterdam for just two days. It's a lot of, you know, security with the electronics and everything. It's a whole nightmare to try and get all this stuff onto a plane, uh, especially just for, for such a, you know, like, what am I going to do? Bring people back to my hotel room and interview them? I'm not going to, this is not like a portable mic system. I can't just walk around with this. Um, however, I should get a portable microphone. But um, I would love to, you know, interview some people and sort of bring a story back to you. Because I remember when, you know, on the Hamburg trip, I tried to sort of do an update episode of the podcast for you guys to be along for the journey. But it was horrible. I did a horrible job. And I tend to do that every time that I travel anywhere, because I always get so wrapped. up I mean, this is kind of bittersweet, right? But I get so wrapped up in what I'm doing at the place in the moment. I'm so there in the moment that I always forget to take out my phone, which um, is ironic because whenever I'm at home, I seem to be so extremely addicted to my phone that uh, it's a problem for everybody around me, and including myself. But then I go somewhere else, go to Hamburg for two days, go to, you know, go to Croatia, go to um, Amsterdam for a couple of days. I know that I'm probably gonna be so forgetful about updating like, oh, I'm on the flight. You know, the thing is too, like, I think I'm expected to, to like, vlog the entire experience on my Instagram, uh, you know, that's probably also part of the expectation is that the entire time I'm just filming and taking photographs and making clips of things about the chocolate company. Um, I know for sure what's funny is that they sent me an email. Uh, let me take a look at this from yesterday. They sent me an email yesterday that said, hey, Jordan, a Tony's driver in our Chocomobile. Mobile I'm gonna we'll let that sink in for a second. Our Choco-Mobile will be waiting for you on Wednesday to pick you up and transfer you to the hotel. Let me know if that is not preferred by you. Now, what kind of monster would I be if I was told by a chocolate company that is paying for me to go to a hotel in Amsterdam for two days that I would not prefer to be picked up in their Choco-Mobile? All I can hope is that Any part of that car is edible, much like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I want pieces of the chair to be edible. I want to go to turn the radio knob and the radio knob like pop out and it's uh, M&M, like, you know, crispy M&M style. I want want the tires to be melting on the streets of Amsterdam because it's chocolate, Chocolomobile. And I said, of course, that sounds amazing. Why would I I not want to be picked up in the Mobile? Tony's Chocomobile. I love it. I love it. I just got excited again. I think I started this with this whole hesitation of like, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. You, you, when you, I've never gone somewhere, you know, on the expense of a company. I don't know what, what's expected of me. I hope I hope that I'm going to have fun because of this and that. But I'm getting—it's a free trip to Amsterdam. I'm going to see something I've never seen before. I'm going to see people I've never met before, and I'm going to get. But most importantly, I'm going to get picked up from the airport in a choco mobile. Okay. So I'm very excited about it now. Now I'm pumped. Now I'm now I'm now I'm jazzed. Now I'm jazzed and chocolate chocolateted. Now I'm jazzed and and, and very I'm uh, very chocolateted. Um yeah, I got that coming up and then a few other things popped. I mean, next week. I can't believe it's already Let me take a look here. It's already next week. I think. Wow, yeah, next Friday. So on the sixth... So, I, you know, hopefully I'll have a, uh, a podcast for you um, for, for next week, hopefully, that is like the journey and some, some funny things from this Amsterdam trip. I mean, at worst case scenario, it's just a normal episode like this, and I just recall my tales. Um, but immediately after that is a two and a half day... Another two-day trip to Berlin. Um that's also crazy that all this, all this stuff is is happening now um again a few weeks back when I had Mo on here we we talked about it this like in- influencer marketing strategy thing and you know it uh it kind of came full circle because I remember I remember on that episode telling Mo like well you know the Berlin Music Video Awards aren't uh paying for anything and to do it's like a 3-day trip whatever to Berlin with the, the, the train costs are super expensive and hotels. I told them, I wrote them and said, Hey, I really appreciate you asking me to be there, but I can't go. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to go, but thank you. And then they said, well, and then first then they offered me the hotel, which is funny. Um, so maybe sometimes you just got to be like, I'm not going to go. Thanks anyway. And if they want you, they'll make the effort. Um, so that's really cool. They, they did offer, uh, what they say, I mean, I think it's true, but they're offering a five-star hotel for two nights, which is pretty awesome, uh, and a bunch of free VIP passes. Uh, also, good for the listeners of this show, there is going to be a ticket giveaway. Let me look at that real quick. There's going to be a giveaway here. We have a giveaway of 10 free tickets for you and your audience. If they have followed us on Instagram at BerlinMVA, the first 10 people who write an email to free tickets at berlinmva.com with the subject line Jordan Prince guest list with their name and direct contact and including their Instagram handle, uh, they will receive a ticket. So yeah, 10 free tickets. If you follow them and you write an email with your name and your Instagram title, uh, handle, then you'll get a free ticket to the Berlin Music Video Awards. So maybe by the time this comes out, if any listeners are based in Berlin and they want to go to the Berlin Music Video Awards, uh, and get nice and toasty drunk with me, uh, it's going to be a fun time. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, the hotel's all set up. I, I got the email yesterday that it's under my name. It's all arranged. And yeah, I mean, the tickets to Berlin were super expensive. I mean, it's not cheap to go there right now. And I feel I have a couple of friends who live there who were going to meet us at the event. And I feel really, they're, you know, they're a half German, half Brazilian couple who lived in Munich for years and then they moved to Lisbon and now they're back in, uh, let me see if I can fix this camera here. Is that, is that better? I can't tell if that's better. Anyway, sorry. Um, they moved to Lisbon for years, and then now they've moved back to Berlin. Now they want to live in Berlin, but the problem is it's so impossible to get a place. You know, I was talking to my friend Basti about this, who said that, you know, within like a week or or, or two weeks or something, they had sent out like 300 applications just to see an apartment, and they only got, you know, like less than 10 responses or something. I oh, I talked about that on this interview with Anna Alvarez from from And uh yeah, it's it's insane. It's really impossible to to get a place there. Um but um yeah, if you want to, you know, I don't really know why I branched off into that, but if if you're there, whether you're staying in a hotel or an Airbnb <clears throat> or you are lucky enough to live in Berlin uh full-time, then uh, yeah, sign up for the giveaway ticket and come party at the Berlin Music Video Awards. Mm. Anyway, so yeah, Tony's is coming up tomorrow. Uh I have a pretty I, I don't I don't have a it's funny. I don't have a fear of flying. I know some people who have like a paralyzing, crippling fear of flying to the point where they're like holding on to the armrests believing at any moment that the slightest bit of turbulence is, you know, God granting his last wish of permanent death. Uh, I don't have that kind of fear of flying, but I do have the fear of um, getting through airport security. For some reason, even in Germany, where it's very relaxed uh, for the most part, I always feel like when I go up to airport security that I am basically covered head to toe in heroin and bomb dust. Like I have no, I mean, it's ridiculous. I show up, I'm prepared. I'm like George Clooney in that movie Up in the Air. I got my slippers on, my belt's in my hand, my computer's under my armpit. I've got everything tucked, ready, lifted, you know, and there's no metal, nothing in my pockets, everything's in my bag, electronics are out, anything that's in the little liquids is in the bag, it's separated, everything's in the bins, ready, go, one, two, three, boom, done, check, slide, and I, I'm ready, and I do the quadruple pop, 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 okay, I'm good, I'm clean, and still, even in that moment, when I see my backpack going under that conveyor belt, no matter where I am, no matter where I'm flying in the world, when I see that bag go under there, I am convinced I am carrying guns of weapons of mass destruction, guns, knives, bombs, grenades, you know, dead celebrities, uh, blades, bl- bags of blood, heroin, coke, meth, pills, you you call it, you name it, for some reason, I think somehow I've got it in that bag right now, even though I know that I've only packed extra underwear, because I do tend to get a little sweaty when I walk around all day, and, you know, some toothpaste. It's it's ridiculous. Maybe a Nintendo Switch. God forbid I pack my Nintendo Switch, then they gotta dust it for chemicals, because they think that somehow I'm sneaking in, like, I don't know, uh, an iPhone-sized bomb. I, I, I just don't. How can it always be the same? That's always my fear and concern. And somehow, here I am going to Amsterdam tomorrow, and uh, I have no worries about being in a new city by myself. I have no worries about being, uh, at, at, you know, not knowing anybody, not knowing where to go, not knowing what to do, not knowing the language. The only thing I'm afraid of is, like, will I get to the airport on time? Will I get through air- airport security without them interrogating me and ruining my flight? And will I remember my passport? Even though... All of those things are so extra quadruple billion times checked. I have the dread, the constant dread until I am on the other side of that security gate. And when I'm putting back my when I'm putting my shoes back on, putting my belt back through the loops, when I'm checking my bag, god forbid one of my bags gets slid over into the investigative barrel or bucket or whatever, you know, Funny story, when I was traveling to the United States back in early spring, um, we land, we landed in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. North Carolina? Charlotte? Let me see. I think it's doesn't really matter, but I don't want to sound like an idiot. North Carolina. And I'd, I don't think I've ever been there before, or if I have, it was like with a trip, you know, as a kid with my family. Um, and I, I landed there as a layover city, coming from munich to switch over to go to new orleans and going through security it's always stressful it's always a thing for me it's like a, a the biggest triggering point of anxiety for me is airport security and standing there in my socks everything in the bins i, I would basically go through there naked if that helped me know for sure that nothing would beep or get checked but then I think that they would think that because I'm naked, I must be putting things up in my butt to hide it because I would think they wouldn't check there. You know what I mean? Um, Anyway, went through the thing. Everything was fine, but uh, a bag got checked over to the side. I was like, shit, okay. So I'm standing there. And what's funny is I know that there is nothing in that bag that is going to get me in trouble. And still my heart is pounding and I'm just really hoping that I just didn't get accidentally slipped something by some stranger who was, you know, getting things out of their luggage before going through security. And the person going through the stuff um, stops for a minute. And then my heart sinks. I think, well, they found something now, right? And this woman looks up with her blue TSA shirt and her badge, name tag, the the, the blue latex gloves and goes, sir. And then I lean over and like um like, <clears throat> uh, yes, ma'am. She goes, are you that guy from TikTok who talks about living in Germany? And I was like, oh, my God, man. Oh, my God. And then she fist bumped me. I was like, yeah, I am. And she's like, oh, I love your stuff. And then she just zipped up the bag and sent me on my way. And I was like, at least that is one fond memory of going through airport security that uh, I'll be happy to know that I've experienced. The rest of them can burn in hell. But this one was pretty nice so shout out to the tsa agent in charlotte north carolina who really made my day (laughs) oh man yeah i've got uh yeah amsterdam tomorrow and then uh i don't know how many more times i'm going to be saying that expression amsterdam tomorrow uh you can tell i'm excited and also kind of brain dead and then after that berlin and then yeah i mean i got the confirmation email um let's see yesterday so for, uh, also for those who might not know, the shoe company Crocs reached out to me to do a video, some, some, you know, what's funny is like, I don't really give off, like, um I don't really give off vibes that I'm like promoting fashion. Uh, especially Crocs it doesn't really... I, I don't think, like, if I was a... Per, I don't know. If I was a, a an ad agency or a... Because this is an ad agency working for Crocs. But I think if I was... I'm not going to complain. But I don't think if I was an ad agency working for a shoe company, my first instinct would be to reach out to um, the guy that does a German accent and makes fun of McDonald's. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think I would have probably done that. But... Uh, you know, to each his own. And hey, it's a paycheck. And I'm happy. I like, I mean, the the correspondence has been very friendly. Um, What I love about talking to an ad agency, as opposed to talking to the company themselves, because when you start doing brand deals like this, um, which I don't want, it shouldn't sound like I'm signing a contract with Nike or something like that. I mean, it's not like a huge, um, you know, life-changing contract or something. It's just, it's a good, well-paid, you know, one-off job. And the funny thing is whenever these things work and you're a, like a mid-tier creator influencer, like, you know, they, there's like names for the tiers of influence you have. Uh, and they go, you know, from like zero to 10,000 followers is this. And then from 10 to 30 or whatever is that, 30 to, I don't know, whatever, 100. Then when you get to like 100 to 300K and then whatever, then above that. And, you know, all the way to like one mil. And then from one mil up, you're like, you know, high profile influencer. And, uh, I'm definitely still, you know, I'm very happy with how everything's going on Instagram, but I'm still like, you know, mid, lower, mid tier. And, uh, so you start getting, this is when you start getting the contact to the, to the companies that re- that reach out. Um, I reached out to a few people. That's how obviously I got the Tony's connection. Um, I've promoted some, some small companies whose products I like that I don't even expect anything from. Like, uh, if you can see here, I've got, um, well, for those listening, you can't see, but. Um, I did film this episode, I've got um, Good Spirits Berlin uh, cold coffee here. And uh, you know, I don't mind plugging them because uh, I like their coffee. They don't give me free coffee. Maybe they will one day. But um, yeah, so there's little things like that you get sort of adjusted to at a certain point. And what I like is when the ad agencies who work for the client contact me because um, you know, right in the subject line of the email, like right in the first moment of the email, you get this. Um, It's very, it's, it's just presented to you. It's not like some secrets. It's right up front presented to you who the client is that they're working for. And what I like about this is basically this person comes in and says, hey, Crocs is, is doing this. And we think you'd be a good fit because of X and Y. Um, do you want to think about a budget maybe to do it. Are you interested? You can think of a concept. We can pitch it. And that's what we did. We talked about a budget. We agreed on a budget. We talked about a concept. I wrote out a little script, sent it to them. They approved. And my favorite part is, I know it's Crocs. I mean, it's in every email. But because it's like a professional ad agency, they're not saying, hey, you know, Steph from Crocs likes your video. They always refer to them as the client. And i love that because it's like once it's like one more step towards this like semi like distance this human separation thing you know what i mean uh what you say uh, we have also received feedback from the client for your concept the client really liked your concept Therefore, the only important point from the client was that the personalization aspect should be well integrated and highlighted in your content. So in one small paragraph, the client, three times, which I just, you got to love it. You got to love it. I mean, I know it's Crocs. They could just say, hey, so, you know, Bill, Bill from Crocs loves the concept, um, Just, you know, personalize it to what you do. I mean, that's what everybody says these days. It's always the same now. That's the thing that's connecting all these different companies is that they want you to do what you do and just incorporate their product organically, which actually I really like that because if it was more of a straightforward ad, um, I don't think I'd, I don't know if I'd want to do it. I mean, I guess money talks, but um, you know. If, if they just say, do what you do, make it how you want to do it, make it funny how you think it's funny, you know, do your thing uh, and just incorporate the product. That's, that, for me, that's great. So that's also really cool and I'm happy about that. And um, yeah, and I mean, just to finish up the updates, basically at the end of July, I'm doing um, this ad for Gore-Tex. And I mean, long story short for that one, I think, I think I'm allowed to say it's basically like, you know, Gore-Tex has kind of realized over the years that maybe the materials they use to make their product isn't the most amazing for the environment. So they've created these repair stop shops that you can basically, they're saying, okay, you know, Gore-Tex is a, is a, is a long lasting, you know, life proof material jacket product or whatever you buy from them. So now that we have these, you know, repair shops, you'd only have to buy one product forever. You don't have to get a new, you know, hiking jacket or whatever every four years. Um, So I think, you know, they're going to send me a script and then we're going to try and hash things out. But I think basically it's just you know, we're going to go there and I'll be the host interviewing people in these repair shops about how they do it and how they make it nice. And then maybe we'll take a jacket and kind of mess it up and then let them fix it. Maybe I'll get a nice Gore-Tex jacket out of this. I don't know. I mean, I like the brand. It's high quality materials as far as I can tell. But I, again, This, I mean, to be fair, though, the Gore-Tex thing was not reached out to me from an ad agency saying, hey, that guy who does this German accent is really going to be a good fit for Gore-Tex. This was through a friend. It was like this guy was this guy who, who, you know, was hired to do the ad by Gore-Tex was looking for a native English speaking person because they want it to be an international uh, internationally available ad uh, for their website. And then he just happens to have a friend, this guy Felix, that I worked at a cafe with, whom I adore greatly. He's extremely funny and sweet. Uh, he's weird. He's never sent me a voice message where he wasn't singing this guy Felix. It's always like, oh, great. I got a new oh a new message from Felix. I wonder uh, what he's up to if he's in town today. <clears throat> and then it's always like, Jordan, I just wanted to tell you. I am missing your stupid American face Jordan, I just wanted to tell you that I see your stuff on Instagram And I think it's super funny And I just wanted to say I just wanted to say I just wanted to say say, Hi You stop (laughs) You know, it's like, that's always the voice message I get from this guy. And uh, I love it. It's always very unique to him. He's crazy. He's an absolutely crazy person, but I love it. And he basically, you know, through uh, this friendship suggested me because he's kind hearted. And that's how I got the contact. We had a call. We agreed. We clicked. And there you go. So, yeah, a lot of things coming up this month. And I'm really, yeah, I'm really excited. Oh, also, I should mention, maybe I should put this in the show notes. One second here. Um, so, if you go to the show notes, if you go to the description uh, on the on the podcast link where you can see, uh, yeah, anyway, that's not, you're not stupid, the show notes. And when you go to the show notes, the description here for the podcast, um, you'll see a link. And what you should do is you should click that link and, and, and go follow it through because. Um, the record label that I'm a part of, or well, the record label who has licensed 12 songs for 12 friends, uh, Dumont Dumont, they have released a new compilation uh, playlist or album, you could say, with really beautiful graphics. And um, basically, it's a collection of, of their artists who are lesser known, who have songs that the, that the label believes are really special and should be Uh, shared around and and paid more attention to. And uh, they've put me on the playlist as well as a handful of other uh, artists from that record label that, um, you know, they believe needs a bit more of a push or that they just believe in. So I feel honored to be a part of that because it's basically a compilation of artists that they just like a lot and hope people enjoy as well. Uh, You know, it's not like some big paid thing of like, okay, the top 40, the best Taylor Swift, you know, whatever, Maddie Healy breakup songs or something. It's like, look, we're a small label. We love our artists. These handful don't get enough love. Here's the songs we think are best. Check it out. So yeah, it's free. You can just go listen. It's a great playlist. There's some really beautiful music on there. Um, And then also I am featured. (laughs) There's like, there's beautiful music and then I'm also there. Um, So yeah, it would really be nice uh, to go support that, support small artists. Uh, hidden gems is the name of the playlist and yeah, I wanted to see if there's anything else here. Um, probably going to wrap it up pretty soon. I just got the notification that I can check in for tomorrow's flight. Um, let's see, Choco Mobile, Berlin music video, Crocs, Gore-Tex, um, oh, well, I guess I don't know how much I can really say about the other thing. No, I probably shouldn't say anything about that. Um, I was going to try and maybe talk a little bit about this potential TV update thing, but I think it's smart to keep that off the podcast for now um, and just uh, bring you guys that information when it's appropriate, when when I have it. Um, on a different note, uh, stepping out of all this career talk, I'm sorry that I talked for like 30 minutes about stuff like that. Um, but then again, it's just, it's my podcast. So you're here to listen to me. You're probably here and you probably enjoyed that. If you're here to listen to me, you probably enjoyed hearing about that. So maybe I should just relax. Um, but it's crazy. There's a few things going on privately. Like one is something is growing in my hand. Um, and your, your first thought was probably, what? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Could you repeat that? And uh, yeah, I didn't stutter. Something is growing in my hand. Um, I have a pretty strong theory that I've been bitten or uh, a, a certain bug has p- perhaps maybe laid eggs in my hand. Um, the thing is, it's so painful to the touch that I, you know, I think there's like these little things inside Uh, basically between my left thumb and my left index finger on that little archway that little bridge of touch between the thumb and index finger there's like a little red bump and it started very small and now it's getting bigger uh i felt it or noticed it at least for the past you know by the time you hear this it it will have been about six days or a week um right now it's about four days where it's really very very aware of it um and it hurts a lot Uh, It hurts to the touch so much so that, you know, if something were to bump against it or if someone were to squeeze it, I would freak out and cry. Probably it's very, it's, it's really like no joke. Very, very painful. Um, I've tried to, I thought maybe it's just so painful from pressure. Maybe there's so much pus or something inside. I know this is lovely. I hope you're enjoying your breakfast. Um, But I took like a, a sewing needle and sterilized it and then I tried to put it this sounds horrible. I know, just go to a doctor, right? Um, but that's me, and I I put it into the center of it to try and like see if something would like drain out, and nothing, like nothing happened at all, and it just really hurt. Um, I have a theory that a bug bit me, and this is just infected. Um, and probably if I just get some cortisone, or just get a doctor to look at it, he'll probably prescribe something that will make it go away. And it reminds me so much of when I flew to Germany in 20, in the end of 2015 or whatever to, to move here. Uh, and I stayed at my brother's house the night before I flew and staying in his house. I took a nap like the day of the flight and we had a big lunch or something and I took a nap and then I woke up with this itchy spot on my like fatty love handle part of my body here on my right side. And, uh, it was kind of like swelling. It was kind of like firm. The skin started to get firm and red and I came to a pretty quick conclusion that I had been bitten by a spider in his house. And it looked like I was having a reaction to it. My brother, you know, he's, he's uh, allergic to just about every food in the world. So he, he's always so used to, you know, um, having a reaction and then just taking Benadryl. Um, but Benadryl makes me extremely, extremely exhausted uh like to a scary amount. I I will not take Benadryl unless I absolutely am in a dire situation where I must take it to survive. I don't take any allergy medications unless I really 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 have to because it makes me so drowsy that it scares me. Like I have a hard time keeping my eyelids open uh in public places, in situations where I need to be awake and it scares me, so I don't like to do it. And um I my brother gave me Benadryl and I thought okay this is going to help I think I should do this I'm about to take this flight, um, but I did it and of course it made it made me so drowsy that I immediately I mean after 20 minutes or something passed out on um, the sofa in his living room and that I ended up sleeping so long that he had to wake me up and say hey we got to go man we got to go to the airport now. So I woke up and then I got into the car with my luggage and then I got all the way to the airport and still this thing on the side of me is growing and growing and growing and it's so firm and so you could like squeeze it like it felt like kind of like a a, like when you hold like a pigskin football like that was like firm but still a little bendy and I was like oh it's really growing it got to the size of like a baseball I was like oh my god again at the airport more Benadryl super drowsy. Got through the security gate, waited for my plane, passed out in the public chairs in in the, you know, whatever Nashville airport, Um, got on the plane. The plane was so late that it missed my connecting flight in Philadelphia to Munich. So I had to sleep for like 10 hours in the airport in Philadelphia while the spider bite continued to grow and inflame and swell. And when I finally, finally got to Munich, like almost a day late, um, I passed out at the apartment in the bed. And uh, it was so big that it was like the size of a small cantaloupe or something. It was like this huge swollen red thing. It was so itchy and so horrible. And it was ridiculous. We just went downstairs, went to the pharmacy, showed them the area. I just lifted my shirt. I was like, hey, I think I got like a spider bite here and it's really swollen. And she was like, oh, just take this. Like, just put this cream on. It was immediately, that was like the first instinct. Oh, just put this on. And I took this cortisol, cortisol cream or whatever and just rubbed it on. And, and within like an hour or less, the whole thing was gone. Really crazy. This doesn't feel like that. Um, that was like a real, genuine, like swelling reaction to a spider bite. This feels really different. Like something between someone put like a lead BB with spikes in it inside my thumb, uh, which doesn't sound too rational. Somewhere between that and... Um, like a new wart with growing out of me or something, but it's so painful. You can't imagine, even when I touch my thumb to my, the rest of my hand, it kind of, it's crazy. So that's happening. I guess I'll keep you updated on that. Um, And then also the most annoying thing ever, especially where I am right now with things in my career changing Um, my old phone contract ended. So this is like the worst. For me, this is like one of my my hate things about living in Germany is that now what I have to do in order to save my old phone number, which I've had for years, is I'm going to have to call a hotline and see if I can talk to them in English and see if I can fill out a form that lets me keep my old phone number. I only have like 26 more days to do it. And I know that I can't really ask anybody to do, to do it for me, although I would love for somebody to please just do this for me. Um, I have such an anxiety about calling these numbers in German. It drives me crazy. Like, imagining calling a, a hotline or, or, a, or a government number and speaking to them and trying to see if they'll speak English, which, you know, it's not their fault, but a lot of them just don't. Uh, in which case, I need to speak my broken German, which means that, like, I'm not getting across the nuance and the and the detail of what I'd like to say. And that just brings in all this anxiety and stress. And it's something that I never had until I moved to Germany. And now whenever I think about doing it, I get so anxious and so swollen up with like dread and sweat. And I'm like, you know, it's like, I'm basically borderline getting hives. And I'm like, I just, I hate, can you just, can someone just, can you please, can you just, can can you just do it, please? Just someone else, can you, I'll give you a hundred dollars just to do it. Just call the number for me. And just get it fixed because it's just like please, just, please. My my goal, my dream in life is to make enough money that I can have my own secretary, and that secretary would do that for me, and they will handle my, my my correspondence with my tax lady, and they will handle settling all my invoices, and they will settle you know doing all my paperwork and organization and getting the gigs booked and the and the concepts cleared and getting the approvals. Like I would. I would do anything. I mean, I'm trying really hard, obviously. I'm working very hard towards that right now. But my dream is to have my own secretary so that when things like this happen, when stupid Jordan gets wrapped up in something stupid, like, hey, your phone contract ended and you didn't try and fight for your phone number early enough, so now you're going to get a new phone number, which means people are trying to call you and they can't get through to you. Um, that sucks and that's stupid. And now like now, I'm at a point where like people are, are going to try to call me and they won't be able to get through. Because I don't have, I'm not, I don't have the same, you know, on Wi-Fi and stuff, I have my old number, but if they try to call me like normal phones, it doesn't go through uh, because I have a new number. So now I have to try and save my number in order to like clear up all this drama And I just hate it. So I guess I'll keep you posted on that too. Probably by the next time you hear this, I'll be like coming. I'll be coming back from Amsterdam on like some sort of crazy acid trip with my left hand the size of a baseball and and calling you from a foreign number that you've never seen before because you know that's just how I do things. I'm such a bad procrastinator. Anyway, show notes. Go listen to Hidden Gems. There's some great music on there. I'll keep you guys updated next week on Amsterdam. Um, look, if you enjoyed this, if you had some fun, go like, subscribe, share. It really means a lot to me. It really helps new people find the show. If you have fun, if you like what I do, assure that you know someone, your mama, your buddy, your uncle, your cousin, Tony, someone's going to like this too. And it really helps me a lot and really helps me, you know, build this community. So uh, also on the horizon, I've just gotten my first offer to do stand up at a university uh, in November, so I'm just you know kind of working out what that might cost for them if I can you know pitch a reasonable fee, and then I would start writing my very first like stand up half hour, which is huge because I'm not a professional at all, um, so that's kind of terrifying but extremely exciting to be doing something on stage that, that isn't music, you know, to be doing stand up for the first time. I have some good stories. I'm going to be roping into a into a special. Uh, that's happening that's exciting and uh yeah i've had a lot of people request recently for uh some merchandise that's connected to the comedy so like to the to the german words and to the characters that i'm doing uh so i'm brainstorming things like that too i think it's going to become a lot more comedy driven content um moving forward um because that's what people are asking for and if i can give them what they want, then we can all be happy here. So like, share, subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys and have a great week. I'll see you after Amsterdam. Farsi Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Bartscheider, produziert für M945.